If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Time you enjoy wasting is not wasted time. Marth Trolley Curtain. What's up and welcome back to another Coffee Talk podcast episode. Today I figured we could sit, chat, hang out and talk about healthy distractions. There's a few reasons why I wanted to talk about healthy distractions today, starting with the fact that this is something that I myself am learning in my own life and I feel like I have been just really thinking about healthy distractions and what kind of basically define something to be a healthy distraction or an unhealthy distraction. And I also think that just in today's world where we're all very prone to being productive all the time and kind of having just like a one pointed focus at our dreams and our goals and our ambitions, it's become really easy to kind of write off a lot of the important things going on in our lives as distractions, as distractions that are stopping us from our full potential. And that's just not the truth. It's not so black and white, if you will. So I figured today we could talk about what it means to have healthy distractions, what are healthy distractions versus unhealthy distractions, how to keep them balanced, and just all of that good stuff, at least my opinion on the matter anyway. So hopefully you guys have a warm beverage and you're ready to sit, chat, and chill, and let's dive in. So I think that in today's world, and I am totally guilty of this, the whole self-improvement movement well, that totally rhymes, but the whole self-improvement movement is huge right now. Like everybody is looking to self-improve and I think it's amazing. I think that social media has a lot to do with that. I think that we are all in our own ways kind of just searching for more, for growth, for better. We're all looking to expand as individuals. We're all looking to chase our dreams and to know that the sky is the limit. And I think that that's a really incredible thing. I think that with all things, uh, uh, too much of anything can be unhealthy. At least that's what I was taught growing up. And so I think that in today's world, while the self-improvement movement is amazing and iconic and we're all trying to grow and learn and chase our dreams, it can easily fall out of balance when that self-improvement movement, I'm not going to get tired of saying that, uh, turns into like just too much pressure and it becomes a little bit too strong and it becomes a little bit too much of Kind of like, like I said, the one pointed focus that starts us on a journey of almost self-destruction with the intention of self-improvement. And I myself have experienced this even just through burnout when I've burned myself out through working too hard and telling myself that having fun is a distraction or You know, a lot of the times we might even do it with loneliness. We might notice that we feel lonely because we tell ourselves that, you know, just having a personal relationship or a big group circle of friends or socializing by any means is a distraction from your goals. And anything of that sort is basically where self-improvement and working on yourself can almost fall out of balance by you know, you, your intentions are pure and you're just looking to grow and to like achieve something amazing. You're basically reaching for the incredible, but you're 
basically kind of like muting other incredible things along the way. And so becoming aware of that and talking about it, I feel like is super important so that we know when we are actually saying like, this is going to be a distraction and I cannot have that distract me right now. Or you know what? It's time for this. It's time to sit back and relax a little bit. It's time to eat the fruit that we've been working so hard to grow a little bit or to take a break from growing the freaking tree and take a walk to the apple park. I don't know, snag an apple, eat that treat. I guess what I'm trying to say is that basically there are times where having healthy distractions isn't only like fun, but it's also kind of warranted. And there's times where healthy distractions, whether it is enjoying the work that you're putting all, like basically enjoying the fruit of all the work that you're putting in or walking away from the work that you're putting in and taking a little break isn't a distraction. It's actually just a means of self-preservation, if not self-growth in its own way. So how did we even decide that some distractions were bad in the first place? I think that one of the biggest ones, and again, I'm, I'm going to fully just own every single time that I know I'm kind of contradicting myself. And this is going to be one of them because a lot of the most recent episodes on the coffee talk podcast have been about procrastination. But I think that because procrastination is feeling like such an epidemic right now, maybe I'm wrong, but at least to me, it feels like an epidemic right now. Like I always procrastinated a little bit, but like it almost seems like everybody is looking for the cure or the answer to procrastination. And I think that because of that, we've almost labeled anything that is a means of procrastination as a bad distraction. And so in almost like overdosing for procrastination and overriding procrastination and almost setting ourselves up so that we cannot, you know, put ourselves in the mindset of putting things off. We also then cut ourselves off from what we think to be distractions or think to be triggers of procrastination. And then that ends up leading us to, like I said, maybe burnout or feeling unfulfilled in any given area of our lives. I think that there's also a whole avenue to speak of where we've almost kind of romanticized what it means to be our best selves and what it means to be our like growth and our expanding and and to just see that all come into fruition. Now we are visual creatures and our brain really does work on visual images. So when you sit back and you think about your goals and you think about who you want to be and you think about what you're growing into, it can obviously come with a lot of just like, like, I don't know, at least for me anyways, I am a Pisces by nature. I'm dreamy. So when I think about my goals and when I think about my dreams, I definitely romanticize them a bit. I definitely add a little bit of like a flair to it, a little bit of like, I, at least the way I do it is it always has like a big deeper meaning or something to it. And I think that the reason why is because romanticizing your ideas and romanticizing your best self, the best version of you that does exist and that you are growing into, that makes the whole journey much more enjoyable and much more fun and much more magical. But I also think that when we romanticize like this better version of ourselves and we think that this better version of ourselves isn't going to be distracted and we'll never have a bad day and we'll never ever, you know, just have to deal with anything that this version of ourselves does. Like that version is somehow unsusceptible to having a bad day or having a bad mood or having just something get in their way. We basically create an unrealistic expectation of what our best self even really is. And we take the idea that these things that we're calling distractions, these moments of joy really, and these things that might bring us joy, 
we basically tell ourselves that that version, that better version of us doesn't need those things. Those things are arbitrary. Those things are childish to this better version of us. This better version of us doesn't need to play video games to blow off steam because they don't have steam to blow off. This better version of us doesn't need a Friday night out because they'd rather spend their Friday nights working even though they've worked all seven days anyway because they are that kind of like a grind type of person and we basically romanticize this idea of like in a lot of ways to me it feels like a robotic version of us or like a version of us that's like on some sort of super med that just like makes us not have to deal with the things that come with being human we dehumanize the better version of ourselves without even really realizing and we're doing it or meaning to and I think that it's important to know that and not necessarily stop it because I, again, speaking from personal experience, I know that when I romanticize a story or when I romanticize and I, I add a little bit of flair or spice or excitement to a story or a dream in my head, like if it's like I want to write a book, I don't just want to write a book. I want to write a book that has a playlist and a theme and a mood and I want there to be like meanings behind certain things in the book and I want there to be like candy clouds and like it just turns into this big giant thing and that is what creates in a lot of ways I think our biggest like momentum and our biggest ability to grow and to create these things that are so individual for ourselves and to see our ideas come into fruition. But I definitely think it's important not to dehumanize ourselves along the way to think that the version of me that is a writer will spend 48 hours writing one whole book without stopping. Like that is just not human. It's not possible. And to think that anything that would distract me from writing is a bad distraction is in a lot of ways setting myself up for failure. Because then if I'm noticing that I can't write, let's say, and something is distracting me along the way, or it feels like it's distracting me or pulling at me, or I'm wanting to procrastinate, a lot of the times, maybe not all the time, but definitely a lot of the times, that feeling of procrastination, that feeling of putting off what we really need to do is because something inside of ourselves is not being met. There's a fundamental need that is saying like, hey, pay attention to me. And until you pay attention to me, I'm going to keep on basically forcing you to stop and go, to stop and go, to keep on trying to do something and then getting distracted. And then you're going to blame this distraction rather than blaming the fact that there's something that is missing. There's something that might not be fulfilled right now, or there's something that there's a sign, there's a signal, there's a message trying to get through from you to you. I know that sounds weird, but it's a lot of the times just like our subconscious is trying to say something, but our conscious brain is just like, why are you procrastinating? And then we just... I've spun off on this point enough, but you guys get the drill. I also think that too, we have told ourselves that distractions are bad because not all of us might relate to this, but definitely some of us will, that we feel vulnerable to joy. We feel vulnerable to happiness. When we actually feel joy and we actually feel happiness, that suddenly comes with a new opportunity or a new outcome that could mean that happiness or that joy being taken away from us. Maybe we don't know our boundaries. Maybe we don't know, for one, if we allow ourselves to feel happy and to feel joy and have that healthy distraction. Do we trust ourselves to put the distraction away when it's time to go back to work? Or are we afraid that we're going to overindulge? 
or a whole other level of it is are we able to allow ourselves to feel joy and to feel happiness and to feel like a healthy amount of distraction without the overwhelming fear that's taking away from the whole experience because we know that it's going to be taken away or it has to go away or it could just go away. Like a lot of the times too, we might even say that relationships or love is a distraction from like our careers. And really we're just kind of using our careers to mask over the band-aid of if I actually love and give my heart to somebody, I could get hurt. I mean, we're humans. This is so much more complicated than just a coffee talk podcast episode. But I guess at the end of the day, just knowing yourself and knowing yourself enough to know, are you holding back on distractions or labeling things as distractions because you're afraid to even let yourself feel joy and to feel just like to do something for the sake of just having a little fun or taking a little break. And that kind of gets followed up by the belief that some of us might have that life is meant to be difficult, that life is meant to be a hardcore like grind or that life is meant to be, you know, turning away from things that are tempting us. And I think again, that totally comes with balance. Now, the more and more that I've researched things like yoga philosophy, and I've even done some dips into lurking into Buddhism, and I've just learned a lot of those types of philosophies. And a lot of them center around the fact that with attachment comes, um, there's a specific quote by the Buddha. It is, the root of all suffering is attachment. And that can be taken so completely out of context when we believe that basically to attach to anything is unhealthy, to attach to anything at all. So don't attach to your job, don't attach to your dog, don't attach to the things that bring you joy at all. Like don't attach to love, don't attach to family. That isn't healthy either. Like, mind you, I mean, if you're devoting your entire life to like learning like yoga philosophy and and you're living in the Tibetan mountains for all I know, and that is the life that you've chosen, then hey, maybe the whole like attachment is the root of all suffering is kind of like a good motto for you to live by. But most of us are actually just like on a day-to-day basis, we need attachments. We're not only do we need it, but we need to know that it's okay to attach. It's okay to attach and also know that you are attaching and it could and might and will a lot of the times be taken away. Even if it is like you attach to the people that you love, you know that there's going to be times in your life that you can't be together all the time, whether it's your friends, your family, your significant other. Either way, attachment is kind of necessary, at least in my opinion, when it comes to being human, because it's in a lot of ways, what gives us meaning and what gives us a sense of fulfillment at the end of the day. You're allowed to attach to the joy that comes from being a part of your family or loving your job or taking your dog for a walk and just feeling all the love and admiration for your dog, knowing that his lifespan or her lifespan, I'm gonna freaking start crying, is shorter than the human lifespan. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't attach. It doesn't mean that because of you know, the suffering that might come from attaching means that we shouldn't attach to anything at all or that life is meant to be hard and like you're supposed to put yourself through this like rugged just training of teaching your soul not to attach to anything and teaching your soul that not to be distracted by anything. Like who wants to live their life that way? Does that actually sound enjoyable to you at all? Because odds are it probably doesn't. A lot of the things that you are attached to, a lot of the distractions that you tend to enjoy are things that you tend to enjoy for a reason, I think it's just more so a matter of where we find our balance with distraction and what healthy distraction even is. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. 
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I Hey guys, it's Cheyenne Davis. You may know me from MTV's Teen Mom OG or Think Loud Crew podcast. I'm here with my dad, Papa Floyd, to tell you about our new podcast, Unfiltered Kitchen. The kitchen is the hub of the household for many of us. The one-stop shop for conversations both big and small. Cheyenne and I have been having open conversations about all aspects of life in our kitchen since well before she was able to see over the counter. And now we're inviting you into our own kitchen as a part of the family. Unfiltered Kitchen is a two-way street. I share my advice on cocktails, cooking, parenting, and the lessons I've learned. And I inform my dad what it's like to raise kids today, how generational barriers affect us, and the joys of being a daughter. Well, your daughter. Get ready for a whole lot of unfiltered advice. You can take it or leave it, but you're never going to leave this table feeling hungry for more. Listen to Unfiltered Kitchen wherever you get your podcasts. So here's why healthy distraction is actually good. Like we've already mentioned and discussed, Healthy distraction is often linked to joy. Healthy distraction is basically taking five minutes out of your day to hug and say hello and give a warm welcoming to your family member when they come through the door or your boyfriend or girlfriend when they come through the door. Healthy distraction is taking five minutes to play with your dog in between tasks. Healthy distraction is listening to a good song and having a little dance party before you sit down and start your work day. Those little moments of healthy distraction are joy. They're joyful distractions. They're little bursts of energy that we can get without drinking a cup of coffee. And hey, I'm never going to tell you not to drink a cup of coffee, but I will tell you that our health is important. And a lot of the times we can often skip the extra cup of coffee or the extra, like anything that we, we use almost as a shortcut to supercharge ourselves back into production mode by just giving ourselves these little doses of joy. Not only that, I really truly believe that healthy distraction too is what keeps us from basically filling our brains 
with unhealthy distraction. By that I mean, I think that when we don't allow ourselves joy or healthy distractions or anything that is basically something that we just want for the sake of enjoying it and want for the sake of wanting it, then we kind of make our lives a little bored, a little stale. And when our lives are bored and stale, we can fill that boredom and that staleness with unhealthy distractions or unhealthy thoughts or often not, for me anyways, it turns into fear. If there's nothing really going on that's like shifting my life in any kind of way, or if I'm just like chilling, kind of going through the moves, doing my work grind, and I'm not le- like I'm not really letting myself just like have a good time every now and then, I will get so bored that I'll start looking for problems, okay? Like my whole fight or flight brain will just jump up and be like, that could be a problem, that could be a problem, that could be a problem, that probably is a problem, we should be worrying about that. And they're all things that are definitely not problems or definitely not things I need to be worried about, but they're things that my brain are like, I haven't had fun in a while, I'm feeling like I should be on high alert here. Why haven't we had fun in a while? We need to start looking for problems. We need to fix whatever's going on. And it's so subconscious that we might not even realize we do it. I think that when you leave your brain so open without too much happiness to think about, like we are meant to do that. Do you not remember the feeling of just, maybe you've had it recently, something just being so fun to you that like you go to sleep smiling, thinking about the memory you made that day or you know, just any of that, like that feeling of just being so full of joy and so fulfilled in the moment by whatever's happening around you and whatever joyful thing is going on that you basically, your brain doesn't even need to think about fear or worry or anything that's getting in the way because it's too busy being fulfilled or filling up on the feeling of joy. And I think that that healthy distraction keeps us from looking for fears and worries all the time that don't exist. Healthy distraction also helps us balance out our life a little bit. Even just the tiniest dose of a healthy distraction can literally make your day go from feeling like the shittiest, crappiest, just like overwhelming, stressful day to being just an okay day. A day that like a couple bad things happen, but also a couple little blissful moments also like also happened. And so it just balances it out a little bit. Not only that, kind of like what I was saying earlier about taking a break from your tree, if you will, and maybe you're not harvesting your distraction from what you've been focused on. Like, let's say you're focused on writing a book and your healthy distraction isn't going to be maybe to take a break to read, or maybe it is, or to take extra time to like map out like a, a character development or whatever. I'm just using that as an example, but basically it could be to put the book down and go out and meet up with some friends. It could be to put the book down and basically go off and do something else to give our brains a break, to give our souls a break and to give our creativity a break, to give our, even just our endurance. When you think about whatever it is that we just, whatever that we, you pin your focus on and we just go for it. A lot of the times we think it's just gotta be a straight line there. We think that we just need to stay focused until we get there. And then once we get there and we accomplish that thing, then we'll be able to take a break and allow healthy distractions to come in. And that sets us up for failure because without the breaks that we give our brains, without the ability to recharge and recenter and then come back to something, one, we severely limit our abilities to become masters because you can't master something in one go. You gotta do it over and over again. You gotta keep coming back to it. You gotta come back to it and look at it with new eyes. And two, I think that it just, it's, it really does. It stops our ability to look at things with new eyes. And so we kind of discredit what having joy and having healthy little things that are just for the sake of doing them, just for the sake of enjoying them, 
what they actually bring to our lives, just fresh perspectives. It's fresh energy, a fresh look on whatever it is that we might be working on or just our lives in general. And then, like I said too, it opens up those new opportunities and those new perspectives where we might see something we hadn't seen before. Maybe you thought your whole life that you just wanted to do this one solid goal and you told yourself no distractions, you're gonna zone out and you're just gonna get to that goal. And along the way, maybe you changed as a person or maybe your values changed and you get to that goal and without taking that break or those moments to just embrace the joy in your life, you would have seen earlier that that goal no longer aligned with who you are as a person. And earlier on, you could have detoured and started heading towards another goal. And so having those healthier distractions, having those little moments of like, oh, I'm just going to let myself like wander off, have some fun. We tend to have our best ideas when we are distracted, as odd as that sounds. But like how many times are you driving down a highway? Are you biking? Are you walking? Are you doing something on autopilot in a lot of ways or doing something unrelated to something that has been a problem or something that you've been working on in the backgrounds? And that's where you have your like genius idea. Sometimes it's even when we're sleeping in the middle of the night because even sleep, like, it's crazy, but I feel like we've even started to label sleep as a distraction where it's like we can't sleep for too long. Like, we need to sleep. We need to recharge. We need to be able to give ourselves a break and to see things and with fresh eyes and new op- like new lights, new opportunities. And then not only that, when we do that, we open up our ability to see things we wouldn't see if we were so narrow point focused. That said, I think that there's a massive difference between, and now we're about to dive into it, healthy distraction and unhealthy distraction, like a major, major difference. I think that this is where things start to get a little blurry, lines get a little crossed, is like we were talking about in the beginning of the episode, how do we know the difference between what is a healthy distraction and what isn't? To me, at least, I think a healthy distraction is something that gives you that little break, gives you that little moment to kind of just be in the moment and to fully experience the moment and be aware of it and to just fill up on it and feel it and get that magical energy kind of going in your bones before going back to maybe what your responsibilities are that day. To me, I think that healthy distraction is just a little break, a little moment of joy, a little, whether, like I said, like a dance party before you jump into your work for the day or hanging out with your friends at night or gosh, I don't even know, a healthy distraction could even be like reading a book solely for the sake of just the fact that it's a storyline that you think is cool, not because it necessarily brings you any new, you know, information or intelligence into your life, but just for the sake of enjoying that good book, that good distraction, that good, maybe I I, like I'm using books solely because all I can think about are times in my life, like when my papa was passing away or when big, like just big monumental moments that I knew just needed to happen and were a part of life, but they were also just like not very easy to digest. Books were like a big healthy distraction for me back in the day, especially in high school. I just would dive into books and they became a healthy source of distraction for me because it didn't pull me away from my life or make me delusional to my life. I was still accepting and coping with the fact that these things were happening in my life, but they were just a healthy little break where my brain forgot for a moment that my papa was sick or my brain forgot that I wasn't enjoying my time or wasn't looking forward to going to school the next day. You know, there was these little healthy distractions of reading just a couple chapters of a book of these characters that I loved so much wasn't necessarily bringing me any new sense of like knowledge that I didn't know before, but it was definitely bringing me a healthy peace, a healthy break, a safe place to just like 
chill out and enjoy myself before heading back to what sometimes is waiting for us in life. Healthy distractions bring us joy and they fill us up and they kind of, they feel like a little treat. In a lot of ways, I think that healthy distractions should be used as a treat, but I'll hold off on that point until later on when we talk about exactly how to balance healthy versus unhealthy distractions, but it should feel like a treat. I can tell you what healthy distraction isn't though. Healthy distraction is definitely not anything that stops you from living your life, that stalls you from living your life. Anything that basically in, enables you or holds you back in any kind of way. When our distractions and all distractions can turn into unhealthy distractions, but when they do, you're gonna know it because it's stopping you or it's getting in your way for whatever reason. Like, let's use the books for an example since we just talked about that, but let's say you just avoid dealing with your life and you just dive into books. Like you don't leave your room and all you do is you sit on your bed and you read your books, you read your books and you don't leave your like room or your house for like a few days in a row. That is when a healthy distraction has turned into an unhealthy distraction. Or when we use these healthy distractions instead of treats, we use them as things to kind of push off and procrastinate what we're doing. So yes, it still leads back into procrastination. Everything is such a fine, gentle balance. Isn't it weird? But, um, I think that Unhealthy distraction is definitely anything that comes along and just like absorbs you as a human and it takes over you and it becomes over, almost like an overindulgence. And that is when you can tell that distraction has gone from healthy to unhealthy. Unhealthy distraction can even be the thing that ends up taking our single pointed focus towards maybe whatever goal it was. And then we put our single pointed focus into our distraction. A good example of that is some of you guys might know somebody that was always like super hard on themselves and such a go-getter and was just like a straight A student or whatever, whatever. Then they get a boyfriend or a girlfriend and their single pointed focus that used to be on maybe school or work suddenly becomes a single pointed focus on a relationship. And it, it still just stays the single pointed focus. That That is oftentimes, I cannot talk today. That is oftentimes a big problem is that we think that we can only focus on one thing at a time and whether or not it, it is work or something that is actually helping us expand and grow and relationships help us expand and grow too. Either way though, those distractions come in and then we just take all of our focus and all of our weight and just put it into our new distraction. I also think that distractions can become unhealthy, not all the time, but when they're absorbing our mind when we're meant to be doing something else. So if your distraction, let's say, is pizza, let's say you're excited to get your pizza and whatever, but like all day for like four days in a row, all you're thinking about is pizza and it's like stopping you from doing the actual other things you need to be doing in your life. That was a really bad example, but that could be a good example for fitness. Like if you knew that pizza was your treat at the end of the week, but it, that distraction, that healthy, happy treat at the end of the week starts to become an everyday thing. It's like every single day that you finish a workout, you're like, screw it, I'm getting a pizza. Then that has become an unhealthy distraction. Or um, kind of what I was alluding to earlier is more so like if your distraction is taking up your time when you're supposed to be working, when you're supposed to be hanging out with people that are important to you, when you're supposed to be spending quality time doing something and that quality time, or at least the quality of that time is being decreased because your awareness is with your distraction, whatever your distraction is. And I think that that's a really gray area and there's no way to fully label that because I also think that our minds wander and it's kind of human to be doing something while thinking about other things. But I think that we all know within ourselves anyway, where that, becomes out of balance, where that becomes almost like 
we can't get ourselves to stop thinking about this distraction and so that's when it becomes a problem. Basically, to me, unhealthy distraction is anything that gets in the way of you living your best life, like gets in the way, not momentarily pauses you or stops you, but physically is getting in your way from living your life as your best self. So how exactly do we now balance out the unhealthy to the healthy distraction? Well, I'm going to tell you guys that just shortly after this quick little break. So how exactly do we keep the balance with unhealthy distraction and healthy distractions? I think that first and foremost, I can only give based on my own personal experience anytime I'm talking to you guys on here, but I can definitely recommend some things that I've tried to do to even just notice within myself when a distraction is healthy and when it is unhealthy, and that is to just document it, notice it, pick up on a time where you're like, okay, it's break time. Notice what you do. Notice what you do on your break. Do you get too far into the distraction that you find it hard to then refocus on work? Do you find that you're working through your breaks? Just throughout, just take one week and just document your life and document what you notice yourself being drawn to, what you notice you use to procrastinate, what you notice you use as a reward system for yourself. Like, do you use a reward system for yourself? Do you use your distractions or the things that you're really wanting or feel like doing as little treats for doing the things you know you should be doing? Like, just document it because the minute that you kind of turn yourself into a little bit of a science experiment, the minute you become just like 10 times more powerful because the minute, I, I just said the minute so many times, but it is so true, the minute you learn yourself or know thyself, if you will, you can use what you learn and what you know to your advantage. You can start implementing steps and kind of noticing where things are bending a little bit too far one way and veer it back the other because that is pretty much life. Life is a series of ebbs and flows, not to be too corny, but I do believe that because life is a series of ebbs and flows, it's not always about just going one way or the other way. It's about trying to stay balanced but being aware that sometimes you're going to like you're going to sway. You're going to sway. Sometimes you'll you'll bend, sometimes you'll flow, sometimes you'll ebb. Sometimes it might get a little far on one side and then you just bring it on back. But the only way you can do that is if you're aware of what's basically drawing you each way and what is pulling at you. And that way you can know yourself enough to know exactly how to bend it back into balance again. So just document yourself for a while and take note of what distractions are getting in your way, where your brain is catching the distraction, at what point of the day do you notice yourself being distracted and what are you labeling it as? Because that is also huge. We as humans, naturally, when we see something, we instantly want to label it as good or bad. So whether it is a healthy or an unhealthy one, just notice what your brain calls it. Like if you notice that you should be doing something, but you can't stop thinking about this, or you should be doing this, but you can't, you can't stop procrastinating with this, what is your brain then going into auto loop? Like what is it telling yourself? Because that is also extremely important. Then my follow-up step would be to use just like easy to follow guidelines if you're not sure exactly how much like distraction you need in your life. Like the only way I can describe it, and I've told you guys this multiple times, but I kind of do this like weekly little thing where from Monday to Friday, at least Monday to Friday, end of work day, okay? So the minute I wake up on Monday morning until about Friday afternoon, I'm in a bit more of a work zone. And by that, I, I like I have my nights, like my weeknights to myself, but I, I tend to use Monday to Friday to do the things that I know I need to do, to pick up on my responsibilities, to 
follow through on my duties in the best way that I can, knowing that I have the weekend where I get to take a break. So that way I'm not always kind of searching for a break or I'm not like basically telling my brain to get used to life being this way, that there isn't going to be any enjoyment. I know the weekend is coming at the end of the week. Most of us know that the weekend is coming at the end of the week. And so knowing that that becomes our break, whatever you feel like doing, whatever excitement you have, if you can put it on the weekends, let you know all week that it's leading up to this healthy, happy, joyful distraction that's going to be coming on Saturday when you have nothing else to worry about. And I think that just having those really easy to follow guidelines, like Monday to Friday, Friday to Sunday, you can do whatever days you want. You could even do nights. You could do whatever guidelines you want. You could even have one day a month where you just like do whatever you want, like whatever you want or one week a month. I don't know. It's going to be different for every single person, but basically just having an easy to follow like rule system. I don't want to say rules because rules can be too harsh sometimes. And I also think that putting any kind of crazy rules on our lives can also kind of hold us back sometimes. So keep up to date on refreshing those guidelines and refreshing those rules when they start to really work for you. But start off small, do the Monday to Friday, Friday to Monday thing. Like just tell yourself that those are going to be the guidelines you follow for now so that you have some healthy distraction in your day or in your week and then see how that goes. And again, continue to document it, continue to be aware of it and continue to see what's working. What isn't, are you still getting distracted? Are you still labeling it as bad distraction or is it a good distraction? And just, keep kind of, again, bending, ebbing, and flowing until you find that balance for yourself because it's gonna be different for all of us. I think another important way to look at distractions is to think of healthy distractions as treats for doing what you needed to do rather than things to procrastinate the things that you needed to do. So basically, I feel like that that was supposed to just like really hit home there. So let me just repeat it one more time because I feel like when you can get your brain around it, this is a really good tool. So healthy distraction is the treat for doing what you need to do rather than the procrastinating thing you're doing now to put off what you need to do. So whatever it is that you want to be your healthy distraction, your moment of joy, your little treat to yourself, rather than eating dessert first and then dinner, eat your dinner and then your dessert. Think of it that way. Like tell yourself, okay, this is going from an unhealthy distraction into a healthy distraction. If I tell myself I'm not, it's not that I'm not allowed to have it. I just have to have it at the end of the day. I just have to wait till the end of the week. I just have to wait till this day in the month. And then I get to have that healthy distraction. And that kind of tells your brain like, Hey, you're going to get this. It's not wrong that you want it. It's just, you can't have it right now. You can't have it right when you feel like it. And that's an unpleasant thing to learn as a human being, but it is so just the way our world works. And the faster we can train ourselves to learn that and tell our brains, like, you're not wrong for wanting to be distracted. I hear you. I I understand the messages you're sending through. Let's compromise. Like you honestly, it's like having a conversation with your brain as if it's another entity or another person. It's like, let's compromise. I know you want to do this, but I need to do this. So why don't I do what I need to do? And then we can do what we want to do. And that compromise will basically make it so that any distraction turns into a healthy distraction, be it unless it's like hardcore drugs or anything. So don't, don't use those as distractions because those will never be a healthy distraction. I feel like I should clarify. And I feel like the last but not least like point that, I mean, I could make this for almost any coffee talk, but it's always going to be the same. And that is to just like be honest with yourself and be just have that open dialogue with yourself. Because as much as I can sit here and tell you over and over again, that this is all based on my own self-experience and my own opinions. At the end of the day, 
it's going to be a little different for you. And it's going to be a little different because we're all a little different. And that's what's so cool. But it's also sometimes what can make life a little hard because we're kind of looking around for other people to set an example for what's going to work for us. But what's going to work for you is for you to figure out. And that's kind of the beauty of the process because no one's going to know as much as you do what is a healthy distraction and what isn't. You're going to know in your core of cores, whether you want to admit it or not, when something is healthy for you and when something isn't healthy for you, whether it's a cookie, a boy or a girl or a friendship or any kind of distraction that's pulling you away and or taking you away joyfully um, to a place where you're just kind of doing something for the sake of enjoying it. Because yes, there is such thing as going overboard. Too much of anything is unhealthy and we all know that. So the only way to kind of keep ourselves fully in check is to take those moments to be like, okay, where am I at? How is this incorporating into my life? Is this pulling too much weight, holding too much weight? And having those honest conversations with yourself, basically that's going to be what keeps you in alignment, what keeps you in balance and what keeps you from not falling into too far the distraction sand and instead finding that healthy balance of being able to do what you need to do but also do what you enjoy to do at the end of the day because isn't that kind of what life's all about? So there you guys have it. I hope you guys enjoyed today's Coffee Talk podcast episode all about healthy distraction. I just thought it would be a good and important topic to talk about because I myself have gone down that loop in my mind where I want to do something or I'm enjoying myself and I almost feel guilty for it. Like going to a concert or going on a trip or spending the weekend in my sweatpants and watching Netflix. Like sometimes those are healthy things to do. Those are things that we need to do in order to kind of recharge, refresh, just recoup and be able to go back out into the world. And so I think also in today's world where it is definitely a time where we're all just feeling really inspired to gun it at our goals, we also need to know that we need to take care of ourselves and having healthy distractions is definitely a big part of that. So let me know what you guys think down below or in the comment section on your own balance with healthy distractions, whether you believe in my point of view. And if you don't, or if you do, let me know your point of view either way, because I'm always intrigued by hearing what you guys think. And aside from that, I'll talk to all of you guys next Monday. Bye guys. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.